think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When the miles rack up faster than your flush count, that's when you'll truly appreciate your hunting vest from Final Rise. Built for the uplands and proudly sewn in the USA, the complete lineup of hunting vests from Final Rise, from their all-new Summit XT down to the minimalist Sidekick system, are all built upon the foundational load-bearing waist belt and low-profile shoulder strap system, which allow you to carry all the gear you need and do so comfortably while maintaining your ability to move freely and perform when you need to most. With a complete lineup of accessories and newly released performance field apparel, Final Rise has the gear you need to help you get the most out of every mile and every flush. Final Rise gear is built for the uplands. Get yours today at FinalRise.com. This is the Project Upland Podcast presented by Onyx Hunt. On this episode of the show, it's all things Final Rise with Matt Davis. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 145. Project Up and Podcast is presented by Onyx Hunt, Yukonuba, CCUSA, Sage and Breaker, and Dakota 283. We've got a great interview with Matt Davis today of Final Rise coming up shortly. Stay tuned. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Once again, we're going to roll into our interview with Matt Davis of Final Rise in just a moment, but I wanted to take a second to express my gratitude and let everybody know how appreciative I am from hearing from so many listeners over the past week since we came back with an episode. Excited to be back. Many of you are as well, and you were not shy about letting me know that. So as much fun as I have doing this, it never gets old hearing from people that they enjoy the show, they've learned something, they're inspired, we've helped them along on their Upland journey. I appreciate each and every one of you, all the people that took the time to let me know how much they love the show, and everybody who didn't, you're out there listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Can't say it enough. I've had a ton of suggestions come in for the name of the new show. I'm still working on it. Usually I'm pretty good with this stuff, but I've been struggling on this one. I just, this is a get it done once, right? Change for the podcast. And I just want to nail this one. So I'm taking my time with it. But thank you to everybody that has sent in suggestions. I've got a great brainstorm going on with every idea and inspiration that folks have sent my way. And Keep on doing it. I Everyone helps, and we're getting closer and closer every day. So thanks, everybody, on that. And we are one day away from August. It's July 31st today. 
which means to me, might as well start the final countdown at this point. It's all downhill from here. I'm going to get the dogs back out running on wild birds in August. And once that happens, really starts to feel like we're getting close to hunting season, which we are. Got out and shot some clays last week. I am about halfway towards my 500 target goal before hunting season, thanks to a Duluth double gun shoot right here in my own backyard. That was a good time. Hope you're able to bust out the shotguns and dust a few clays. Now's the time. Get out there. Get after it. Start practicing. And this week, I'm headed to Pine Ridge Grouse Camp to meet up with Jerry Havel. We've got an Upland Gun Company gun fitting event. I'm going to be at Pine Ridge for a couple of days, hanging out with some podcast listeners, some some folks interested in Upland Gun Company. We're going to be doing gun fittings with Dell Whitman. I'll probably record a couple of podcasts while I'm there. Really looking forward to spending a couple of days at Pine Ridge Grouse Camp. Always a good time. And stay tuned for some interviews and conversations that are likely to come from my time at Grouse Camp. All right, that's all I got for you this week. Thanks again for tuning in, everybody. We have a great show with Matt Davis, uh, Final Rise today. We interviewed Matt about a year ago, right after the launch of his company. This time around, we caught up on the previous year, the hectic life that is Matt Davis's life in maintaining his full-time job and running Final Rise. He's got a podcast now. He just launched a new vest. So much going on in the world of Final Rise, and Matt and I dive into all of it. I'm certain you'll enjoy this one. So with that said, let's jump into it. Let's welcome into the conversation and onto the podcast of Final Rise, Matt Davis. And we're rolling. Matt Davis, welcome back to the podcast, man. How you doing? Nick, what's up, brother? How, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing really well. I'm going to tell you that. First, I was going to write at you out of the gate and tell you you're going to get me in trouble because I was, I was waiting for you to log in, and I'm looking at shotguns on the other monitor, and I'm looking at things that I don't, I don't necessarily need, right? Well, then Fingers we had some started tec- tapping on the mouse. Yeah, and then we had some technical difficulties that uh, you know we assumed it was the guy who was late, but turned out to be the host of the show. I was having some issues. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't. I won't point any fingers. <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Well, hey, you're a podcast host now too. Welcome to the world of podcasting. Oh, I'm I'm a rookie when it comes to this. This is what I do in my quote unquote spare time. This is like <laughs> your third have. or fourth job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somewhere down the line, I forget which hat it is, but it's somewhere in there. <laughs> <laughs> One episode for sure. Have you put out episode two yet? Yep, I actually okay. I just put uh, episode up to yesterday. I had Chris Messer of Garmin uh, join me for a, a GPS handheld deep dive, and oh, so just I just threw cool. that up to kind of announce it just this this evening, right before we hopped on here. So, like for anybody that's wanting to learn a little bit more about the GPS units, we kind of just talk about price, features, different things like that. Chris is a good friend of mine, but he's also a Garmin rep, so kind of worked out that he was right in my backyard, and I was able to pull him in and make him spill the beans. Yeah. Has he, has he been with Garmin for a while? He's been there for, I know over two years, as long as I've known Chris, um, okay. he's been with Garmin. So, yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't, I didn't know that he worked for Garmin. I just recognized the name. I think his Instagram's handles like Chris Messer, Utah or something. It's yep. ringing a bell. Yep. yep <laughs> okay. That's him. And I used to, well, growing up around here, uh, there was a, there was a 
guy by the name of Chris Messer. He was younger. He was my brother's age, but we used to play hockey at the rink all the time. So oh, okay. was, that name I keyed <laughs> in on, but this, this Chris Messer is a Garmin guy and he's from Utah. So I got that straight. <laughs> yep. Yep. He's a good dude. No, I don't know if he plays hockey. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't hold that against him, but yeah. So final rise podcast, right? Yep. Just the final rise podcast. Just kept it simple. So you know where to know where to find us. We'll give you a, a little, uh, a little, you know, a little mic time here. Just give folks the high level kind of. You you do a good job of explaining this in episode one, so folks can check that out. But just yeah. sort of your goals and intentions with the podcast as the Final Rise podcast. Yeah. So really, there there's so much uh, power in long form communication, right, and Nick? I mean, you can you can personally attest to that. Yeah. And I've I I still listen to my my hip hop and my rock when I'm in the car, but anymore, I'm not old, but as I get older, you know, I, I, I just enjoy learning, especially about things that I'm passionate about and, and podcasts are such a, such a popular platform. So the goal wasn't necessarily to hop in and be this, you know, weekly interview type thing. It was, it was to let people know more about our products and if anything, provide good episodes that are educational and impactful. And, and so that, that first episode, like you were talking about, Nick, you know, we talk a little bit about who we are as a business, our core values, what our mission statement is and and why we're in business. And hopefully the podcast is just a way that we can spread that message, get that out there and provide another opportunity or platform to be able to connect with people. Yeah. Very cool. And, And I know from talking to you a little bit, I mean, it makes a ton of sense as far as you know, being associated with final rise and, you know, the videos that you're putting out are great. I watched the one on the new vest, uh, earlier today, which we're definitely going to talk about today, but you know, I think there, there would definitely be times where just really just straight audio talking about the thought process and stuff that went into making a feature or a a specific vest. And I think, you know, what kind of you're alluding to is when people show up to a podcast, they're, they're prepared to listen to that long form conversation. Whereas somebody grabs a video on social media, you know, you're only going to keep them for so long. So that's going to help you in a number of ways. I think that I I think so too. It's, it's people, people are looking when they're, when they're, when they're tuned in or dialed in on something and they want to listen or learn, there's no better way than a podcast. And to your point, there's, we've been fortunate to be, be on your podcast before and multiple other podcasts, but there's so much, to our product and there's so much to our business there's really in in any of the episodes that we've done we haven't been able to really just put it all out there and so being able to have our own 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 voice in that and be able to have the opportunity to you know bring that to light that's super important so that's a super valid point nick yeah good stuff well there you have it folks check out the final rise podcast for all things final rise but tonight we got you matt you're on the you're on the Project Dublin podcast. <laughs> yep. Happy to be here again, man. I'm super grateful. Well, I think it was a probably, I didn't check the date, but probably about a year ago when we were talking and you were, you know, mm-hmm. coming off the launch of Final Rise. And I know you were already, you know, frantically struggling to keep up with demand and you were, <laughs> you were super grateful. And I know, I know you still are today and, and you're, you're good about saying that, but it's been a whirlwind, I think. But tell me about it. Like looking back on that first year, what are you feeling right now? Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm interested to look at the date because I would be, I would bet we're within a week or two. It's got to be of, close. Uh, it's got to be super, super close. But 
first I'll just say that time goes by so fast. That's yeah. it's just crazy that that was a year ago, and it, it's been wild to see from from the get go. You know, I I've probably shared this before, but I wanted to start doing this so I could pay for some out of state hunts, and my goal was to just sell a handful of these. You know, I I, I do have a full time job that I'm very very grateful to have, and I work for a great company. And so the, the the goal necessarily wasn't to chew up more personal time. It was just to kind of fuel some of my hobbies yeah. and uh, looked at looked at the Upland space and kind of thought there was a, a potential need for that. Obviously, a lot of other great companies saw that opportunity as well and jumped into the sandbox. But, um, you know, we just poured our heart, hearts and souls into everything. I've I, I come from a, a lot of big game hunting as well as, as the upland side. So just brought a lot of that innovation that was happening and kind of built a bridge between a lot of the technologies that you'll see in different packs and stuff. So as, as we, as we've continued to grow and expand and refine that process, it's been so important to listen to our customers and we're so grateful for all of them. And it's been humbling the, the amount of, of, of thanks and, and appreciation that some of these people have expressed about the product. And I, I, I feel so fortunate. Again, I, I guess I could say I'm grateful a lot. So I'll try to shut up about that. But uh, <laughs> but just the amount of, of kind emails on a regular basis. There There isn't a week that goes by that there aren't 10 to 20 people that are just send, sending pictures, you know, success pictures in yeah. the field. Guys that don't have social media, but they're just so stoked on their vest. They're so they're, they're impressed by the quality of it, the design. They get it. And like, this is even better than I thought. Like, you know, there's... I didn't even know this feature was in here, but I love this and I, I can get behind it. And so that's just been super humbling and it just fuels that fire and just makes me feel like there's so much more that we can do. You know, I, I feel like anytime you have an opportunity to be successful, you need to keep leaning into that and you need to do more. And I think the Upland community is so ready for someone to continually raise the bar of the Upland gear. And there's a lot, again, I, I applaud and give gratitude to the other companies that are out there you know there's some good people out there that are making great products and i think it's so fun to be a part of it it's a fun time to be an upland hunter we're, we're, we're working on new products we've got so much in the pipeline and it'll just be fun to see what everybody contributes yeah no that's that's cool i, I mean it's definitely it is a i would say a great time to be an upland hunter especially you know as far as gear goes uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago when you would it would pretty regularly hear people say like, you know, Upland's kind of the afterthought, right? Like you go into a big yep. box store and and you know there's nothing on the shelves, and that in some ways that does a disservice to some of the very long standing companies that have been catering to Upland hunters and making good quality stuff. Yeah, that's something to be appreciative of. But right now we've got a bunch of new people coming in with new ideas and perspectives, and that rising tide I think is floating all boats, and it's. We're all better it for it, for sure. Yep, that's that's a great analogy. I used that same analogy <laughs> when I was talking in our in our first podcast, so I can I can definitely agree with you. Yeah. Well, again, kind of like looking at reflecting back a year a year ago. Here we are today. You knew we talked about this on the last episode. You you knew what kind of product you had. You tested it. I mean, you did a ton of stuff yep. before this thing ever came to market. So you knew that what people were getting was a quality product and, and you were invested in it and you were, you were proud of it. But 
you also, you never really know, right? Until a bunch of people get their hands on it and take it out <laughs> into the field. So now you've had all these people use it, myself included. I, I used the final rise vest all, all season last year and with very good results. And I love that vest. What has it been like? And you kind of touched on it, but what has it been like to have all these people go out and use this stuff where it belongs? That's the best part about it, dude. I, yeah. I would say the most gratifying aspect of of this entire business or those emails that I mentioned in those pictures, there's just something about seeing something that you helped create with your own two hands. And, you know, at at one point in time, it was just a thought, but to bring it from the very bottom to a real product to seeing it excel. And I talk a little bit about this in our initial podcast, but part of our our mission is to improve the experience of upland hunters. And, and, and there's a, there's a big why behind that. And I won't necessarily dive into that, but I, I believe that if people are enjoying the gear that they're using, they're enjoying hunting more and then they will hunt more. And that's that's the rising tide that you're talking about, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, whether it's our product or somebody else's, all I care about is that that person's getting into something that makes them enjoy bird hunting. That's all yeah. that matters. Yeah, which and you can take that you know, a lot further and talk about how people are then valuing the resource and how that yep. ties into conservation and everything else. I mean, yeah, it's, that's a, it's a slippery a slope, deal. but it's a good one to fall down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. Well, man, I want to talk about the new vest. I, I, before we do that, you were so busy mm-hmm. making all these vests. I mean, like with all the sewing you're doing over there, do you walk around with like a thimble on your finger? <laughs> <laughs> I just have these like perma calluses on my hand from deadlifting and sewing. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> no, we, you know, it, it it started off just my wife and I, and, and we've been able to grow and scale that. I've got uh, quite a few people working for me full time now. Um, I, like I said, I still have my job and I still sew daily. Yeah. Um, but we, we've been able to be able to hire some people to help us out, and that's been that's been a game changer because there is no way, Nick that we'd be able to, to keep up. And that's yeah, just, a, again, super, we're, we're super fortunate. Well, it's good news for the folks that are still waiting to get their final rise vest and are planning to get one this fall, which definitely check that out. That's good news. What about last hunting season? Did you, mm-hmm. were you able to get in the field at all? I, you know, I'm for, <laughs> I live, I live, I live in a great place. Utah is awesome. And I definitely, made it a priority to get out. You know, I believe in self-care and, and taking care of number one. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I, I hunted a lot and you know, we, we have lead times on our vests and I'll be transparent. Some of that lead time there, that creates wiggle room for me to be able to go hunt. Right. My, my wife's (laughs) doing it full time and, and, now it won't be as impactful when I'm, when I'm not home because we've got some great employees working for us, but yeah, I mean, I, I want to make sure that, that the reason I started this and started doing it wasn't to chew into my hunting time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told people, I'm like, if you don't get a vest before hunting season, it might take a second. So <laughs> that's definitely not the case. We, we, we've heard that, you know, heard our customers and, and we know there's a demand and there's, there's an opportunity all fall to be able to deliver on vest depending on what guys are doing. So we're, we're lucky to just be doing it 365. Well, that's, that's awesome, man. And it's been, it's been a cool story and cool to follow along with. And obviously you're just getting started, which is even better. You know, that's the best part. I know you got big plans for what's coming up and we're going to talk about some of that stuff. I think we've kind of touched on some of this, but I'm 
curious if there's anything else to highlight as far as like, you know, what has changed, like going back, it was basically just you and your wife doing what you can to launch this thing. And now you've got some people working for you. Anything else, any other significant changes within final rise? Shoot, man. Not, uh, not really. I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty hands-on person. Um, I, 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 I take a lot of pride in what we're doing. I mean, every, every vest that's still going out, my wife and I are still the ones that are assembling them and shipping them. So I'm, I'm still the one that prints the labels, does the QC, does all that stuff. But that's really, you know, kind of our major focus. And I tell people this part, part of the lead time isn't only so I can go hunt, <laughs> but it's also to make sure that we're making it to the highest quality because I believe when someone's investing in a good piece of gear, there's, there's a standard that needs to be met. And, and our goal is to make sure that that is met and, and exceed that at all costs. So it, uh, that's, we moved houses, I guess that's a little bit different. I do live in a different place. I live about an hour. I actually uh, bought the home that I grew up in, uh, which has been awesome, which is, there's a lot of room. So now I have four or five pallets of raw materials in half of my garage. So my Jeep sits nice. outside, unfortunately, <laughs> but the basement's full of, um, different parts and different things like that. It's pretty uh, God, what's, what's even the word I'm looking for? It's just <laughs> raw. It's raw. <laughs> there's just, there's just stuff everywhere. It's organized chaos. That's what yeah. we'll call it. There you go. So yeah. ha- half of my house is an absolute cluster, but it makes sense in my head. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that's understandable, man. I mean, there's, there's one thing that's for sure is no matter how big final rise gets and how much you grow, you're going to know this business. I mean, again, just being, you hear a lot of successful business owners talk about that. You know, they were very hands-on from the early stages and you know, every aspect of it from, you know, the customer taking the vest home to sewing the, putting the things, dang things together. I mean, hell, you, you yep. basically invented the thing with your own hands. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, no. And the, the biggest time thing is, is, I'm huge on customer service. I feel like that's that's so important and that's just a giant priority for us. And it's it's funny, people are kind of taken aback when they when they call the number on our website. That's my personal cell phone. Yeah. And so they so I yeah. answer and they're like, Is this final rise? I'm like, Yeah, that's this is Matt. And they're like, the guy that makes them, I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> I I also ship them and I do everything, you know. So it's fun. That 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 those are my favorite conversations to have because it's just an opportunity to connect with people once again. And like I said earlier, that's the, that's the most fulfilling aspect of this. Yeah. I, I will even say sometimes when I'm texting you or trying to get a hold of you for one reason or another, you, you get back to me and I'm like, man, this guy's getting, must be getting a hundred text messages a day from God knows who. <laughs> <laughs> good, good on you, man. <laughs> there, there's a lot of them, but I, I definitely believe in good communication. So I try to be on it. Yeah. Very cool. Well, let's, talk about the vests a little bit. Well, okay, we we got new vests coming up, but first let's go feedback route. Feedback on mm-hmm. the original vest, um, which is now the Summit vest. And mm-hmm. have there been any changes to that yet, or is it still the 1.0? No, it's it's still the 1.0. You know, we, cool. we obviously added some, some different sizes. Um, mm. Heard from a lot of customers. There's a, a lot of guys that were beyond our sizing guide and this whole past year i would just create custom belts you know the 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 pattern itself is pretty scalable so now we've added a different belt size um we've added a different harness size knowing that there are some shorter shorter torsos out there and that's been very popular with the women as well that was kind of a need that we needed to create there and so there were a couple different gals that i sent them to 
uh, over the past season as well and had them test it. And you kind of talked about it earlier. I'm really big on testing stuff before yeah. it, I, I'm not just not going to think it's a solution without just, and just throw it out there. I'm yeah. super big on making sure that it's proven because, you know, it's, it's easy to think you have a good idea, but bringing it to life when you're sewing and then sending it out there, it just doesn't work that way. One little tweak of, of one component can throw that whole system off. So everything has to be balanced very well. And so it's, it's a little bit of trial and error sometimes, but we got there and yeah, it's, it's still the same new colors. We did launch some new colors. We came out with the yep, khaki new colors, uh, so the khaki option as well. Um, did some in multicam and those are surprisingly popular. I'm a big multicam fan. That's like a big thing in the big game space that some people are like that's kind of the the hip uplander if you will <laughs> uh but no they uh, all around the new colors have, have been received very very well um continue to trying to add different accessories and different things like that we've got a lot more things in the works yeah you got a sidearm holster on there now right yep we've got the sidearm holster on there i'm super stoked on that design and that concept just the simplicity of it how well it functions how well it carries and rides on the vest that was really big for me i wasn't overly fond of uh some of the existing designs that were out there and so and and we talked about this on our first podcast right nick like from the very get-go i've had a vision for the other products that i wanted to bring to it obviously there's only so much time in a day and the meat and potatoes of our business is the vest and so we have to be able to keep up on that. But as we're able to grow and scale, that's when we're able to introduce and start going through that laundry list of new items and start introducing those. And so from the get-go, everything, I, I use the word system a lot, but all of the accessories and every part of the vest is meant to function together. You shouldn't be have to give up one part of your vest to be able to utilize another. So it works as a unit system whatever, but it should just be this seamless flow of organization and comfort that never is going to jeopardize, you know, how, how, how it fits in the field, how it carries in the field, all those different things. So we'll, we'll never come out with something that makes you, that makes you make a decision between necessarily a certain part. It's complementary to the entire, the entire unit. Yeah. I, I know that, you know, in asking you, had there been any changes with the summit vest, I wasn't expecting much and I've been, been following along, but you know, I, I spent a full season wearing the vest last year and I will admit, you know, you sent it to me and I was excited to try it because I was really excited about all the new vests at the market because they were all built on the strap vest platform, right? Like we kind of yep. have acknowledged <laughs> that that's really, that's really the ideal setup for, for upland hunting. And I had had a strap vest that I really, really liked and I'd worn it for six years and I was kind of like, God, I don't know if I can just <laughs> say so long to this thing. Uh, <laughs> but I will, I will admit I took, I took your vest out to North Dakota. Actually it was, I hunted in the grouse woods first and then North Dakota and I wore that thing and you know, it was, it was you know, a little bit path of least resistance. Like the thing never left my truck, all my gear was in it, you know, and I just wore that <laughs> thing straight through. But the best part about it is, is the weight. And that was, that was a huge difference between that and the vest that I had been wearing and mm-hmm. the weight, the weight of the actual vest being very light. And then the belt, the belt is my favorite. I love the lumbar pad in the back. That's very cool. And then the forward pulling cinch straps, that was something that we, we weren't really seeing before. And that's, that's yep. a really, really nice feature. Yep. That, that waist belt though, man, that's, I, I talk, I geek out on the waist belt a yeah. lot. And if you follow <laughs> us on social media, you hear me preach about that and how that impacts the rest of that entire vest 
yeah. specifically the shoulder harness been the balance as well and you know we 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 put a we put a lot of thought and effort into that and that's honestly of the of the compliments and the kind words that people share with us nick it's that waist belt and the lumbar pad there, there's just yeah. there's no other strap vest that has that design concept yeah not one that i've seen that is definitely a good one so uh, on that same sort of note of feedback, obviously you got a lot of people that were loving it and, and really impressed by it. Um, anything that sort of caught your attention as, as like, Oh, I never thought of that. Or, you know, I know you got a million ideas and you're always tinkering and stuff, but, uh, anything come to mind in that regard? Oh, you know, off the top of my head, not, not really. There, there's a lot to the, there is a lot to the best that I'd often think people aren't aware of. And different features yeah. like that. Like one of the things that I've I've honestly done a poor job of highlighting is is the dog or excuse me the vest's uh, ability to carry a dog, yeah. and that that was part of the design concept that the two panels at the top are able to separate the harness where you adjust the rear yoke of it. Everything can basically unloop from there. You can wrap your dog up like a taco, and now you've got a nice pack to be able to carry. You know, a fifty pound dog and. A good friend of mine, Levi, he he had a, a dog get caught in a snare. They were out chucker hunting. Dog got caught in a snare, hurt its leg, and he was able to use that feature. And he was, you know, wow. it, it sucks that he had to use it, but at the end of the day, right. it was it was awesome. And so there's there's all those little things. There's so much to the vest, and it's hard to put that on a product page because I don't think people are there to read a novel. I mean, we have a lot of information yeah. on all of our product pages, but there's more than meets the eye. So it, it, it's just been fun to see people use it. Um, I, I think the legacy vest that I'm sure we'll dive into that was yeah. that was something that I heard a lot from people, and it's why we why we started making it. So yeah, what about you know like you were using in in this is just you know the the strap vest is good for many things we often associate it with upland hunting, but you were out using it for turkey hunting. You you know you had one of the yep. non orange ones using it for turkey hunting. Did anybody else? use it for something that you're like, Oh, I never thought they'd be using it for that. (laughs) (laughs) No, that no. And yeah, between the Turkey hunting, obviously we came out with the Turkey seat in in the spring and those were, those were awesome. Uh, that was a huge hit because so many different, I mean, it's, it's a great pack. I mean, I, I told people early on, I'm like, if I kill an elk, I'm going to pack a quarter out in this. And I shot an elk and I didn't do it. So I should have, but (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've got guys, um, a gentleman, I think his Instagram handle is a Strider Streak. Uh, he does a ton of like trail running. He's like an ultra, ultra runner. And he oh. goes running in his vest. He, he just strips it down to kind of the bare essentials and he just sure. uses it as a pack. I've got pictures of, of dads and their family out on a recreational hike. And they've got it loaded down with the snacks and goodies for the kiddos and the fishing poles. A couple yeah. forest workers, different guys like that. They've got a pickaxe back there you know, different signs, drills for putting signs or trail markers on trees and different things like that. So, you know, it's one of those products that you truly can use for multiple applications. And that's a big goal. And as we come out with some of these other products in the the future here, people that are really serious about upland hunting, they're doing it 365. I mean, truly, right? It's a full on lifestyle. And so, the, the goal between uh, about the, the summit system as it's in its entirety is to create value that instead of having to have X, Y, Z or th- multiple products to do multiple things, now you can have one product that is plug and play and depend. It doesn't matter if it's the off season training dogs. It doesn't matter if you're dove hunting. It doesn't matter if you're waterfowling, turkey hunting, or you're in the Dakotas. You know what I mean? It's like it's, you have a product because it, 
to me, I'm, I'm big on that, that value. I want, I want people to feel value in that. And I don't want people after two years to be like, Oh, you know, I, now I got to buy something else really expensive. You know what I mean? So that's a, yeah. that's a big part of, of, of our, of our goal and our emphasis as we, as we push forward. Yeah. Any, anything else you can, you can use it for really. I mean, it kind of makes that, you know, it's, it's obviously not, uh, it's not the cheapest vest in the world, nor are any of these high quality strap vests that have, no. that have hit the market recently. But, um, you know, if you can use it for turkey hunting or this or that, I mean, that's, if mine wasn't orange, I probably would wear it for turkey. Hunting. I, I got a, I got a turkey vest. It's okay, but it's not anything like my final rise vest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. I went out to California, was hunting with some buddies and we shot some birds and, it was it was nice. I mean, especially when it's hot, right? To be able to have just a minimal, just it's early spring, right? It's humid, different sure. things like that, and being able to you know crawl and just have everything right there. I mean, you think about it, and it's got everything that you need. The shell pockets are perfect for pot calls or slates or box yep. calls or whatever. You know, throw a rubber band on there so it's not squeaking in your in your pocket there. But you got you got the seat, you got the bag to carry the bird, and it's on this minimal platform that carries super super well. Yeah, how'd that bag do with a big old tom in it? Did you put one in there? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up shooting. <laughs> I, I shot one uh, the second day we were there. Shot nice. one with my twenty eight gauge. That was pretty fun, and uh, oh, nice. it was wasn't too wasn't too far of a walk back to the truck. It was maybe quarter mile or something like that. But threw him right in there. He fit like a glove, and away we went. <laughs> Good deal, man. Well, we have alluded to it a couple times. The Final rise vest that launched last year is now the Summit vest. And as of yesterday or a couple of days ago, you've got another one on the market, the Final Rise Legacy. So tell us about it, Matt. Yeah, so so the Legacy, going back to customer feedback, Nick, it's we we've heard from a lot of people, not everybody's going on all day chucker hunts. Uh, a big part of the big game or excuse me, upland hunting that I do personally is chucker hunting or longer day hunts, hunting sharp tail, even pheasants, different things like that. Like we're, we're out there all day. We're not necessarily doing short loops. We're running multiple dogs. We're a long ways from the truck if we, you know, when we get out there. And so the, the summit was kind of catered around a lot of the hunting that I like to do. It's, it's applicable in any upland space, truthfully. Um, but it, it, was, it was really made for someone that needs a pack to be able to do it all. And there are certain upland hunters that have their niche. They have their passions, whether it's a certain species of birds or they're just hunting their home states and different things like that. And, you know, it's it's funny to hop on some of the different groups and stuff like that. And some of these people are like, what are you, what are you going to go? You're going to go hike Everest in that vest. You know? yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just laugh at it. I get it. You know, there's, there's a product for everyone. But, you know, they, they didn't necessarily understand why they needed to have a modular platform or they just right. said, hey, this is how I hunt. This is how I want to hunt. It's the only way that I want to hunt. And that best might be beyond what I need. Right. So it didn't make sense to them. And so listening to that, you know, the, the goal was and even from the get go, I wanted to make a product that could compete in that two hundred dollar price range. There's a yeah. lot of vests in that range, a lot of great vests, um, but not a lot of American made vests. And so that was one of my big goals. I thought, heck, if I can, if I can make a good quality product after, you know, we've, we've had the success of the summit and, and build, build some trust in the Upland community. I wanted to create a product that hopefully people, you know, because they've seen the success of, 
of the summit and they and they know it's a good product, but it still might not make sense for them. I wanted to create that outlet or an opportunity for them to get into a, a quality American-made strap vest at a lower price point. And the way, truthfully, that we were able to get it down at a lower price point was removing a lot of the modular features of the vest and, and simplifying that and not simplifying it to the point that it's diminishing the durability or the quality or the comfort. That's We're not going to do that. But the, the biggest way that we're able to do it is the, the bar tacking that, that creates uh, Molly or Powell's webbing. It's a yeah. very time extensive thing. I mean, it's, it's very monotonous. We've got a couple automated machines that make it super, super nice. But I mean, you look at a summit vest and you look at every single one of those one inch stitches that are on there and throughout the entire vest. And when you've got two or three machines going full time all day, every day to keep up with those, it's just a lot of work. So from the time side of things, it was really the biggest, I guess, reduction in cost was on time. Fabric and materials wasn't reduced too much. You know, we, t- we took off the webbing, um, sure. but we really, we really just stripped it down, Nick, to kind of the frame you know it's it still has a great organization system to it the rear panel just like on the summit series has a a nice large uh, storage compartment yeah. um, we we took out the two um, zippered pockets or excuse me zippered storage compartments on the game bag and replaced those with basically an outer it's called a pleated pouch um, the pleats to allow expansion so but when something's not in it it's still minimal so if you don't have something in you're not getting caught up in brush or anything but it allows it to accept you know one of our bottles a 32 ounce bottle or even just a, a plastic bottle and that was kind of the way that we could offer people to be able to carry their water yep. it doesn't come with the, with the water bottle holsters it doesn't come with the water bottles like our summit does it isn't bladder compatible most of the guys that are using this again they're whether it's quail or grouse or shorter walks or whatever they've got going on, it's usually guys that are going out for a little bit, have enough water and are able to make it back to the truck. The vest, the the shoulder harness and the waist belt, I would never go away from our waist belt. You can tell that I'm very passionate about that thing (laughs) as, as I am about the shoulder harness. Those are still, we still use the exact same harness and the exact same uh, waist belt on that because they're, they're so crucial um, to how that that system works together, so the game bag truly is is what we've kind of taken down to that frame to be able to reduce some of those costs and bring it in and that at the price point. Yeah, well, you've done a great job, obviously, because as you're going through that stuff, it's like you almost it's not like you've taken away a whole heck of a lot, you know. And really, right as you as you clearly stated there, the two critical components of wearing a final rise vest are the waist belt and the shoulder harness. Those are in your video. You talk about gun mount, never wanting to interfere with that. I mean, you nailed the yep. shoulder harness, you nailed the waist belt, you still get those in the legacy series. I, I watched the video. I thought the coolest thing you did was definitely those water bottle sleeves because mm-hmm. again, for somebody that's truly looking for, you know, before I had bird dogs and stuff, I never carried two 32 ounce water bottles with me in the woods. You know, right. I probably didn't carry any water. Uh, but if, <laughs> so like, if you don't have a dog or you're just really looking for a slim down vest, you know, the ability to put water bottles in there is great. But when you don't mm-hmm. have them in there, there's just two little pockets there. I thought that was a, a really clever addition to it. No, I, I, and that's, that's the exact point. I, 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 I feel like the, the legacy vest, it wraps its arms around the majority of the upland hunters needs. Yeah. It, it really yep. does. Mo, mo, most guys that are out there, this is a product that's going to do everything you need it to do and more. And it's comfortable yeah. <laughs> and it, yeah. it, it's got everything. Um, the one thing I didn't mention, 
Um, the shell pockets are a little different than our yes. Summit Series. Our, our Summit Series has a, what we call a three-stage pocket, um, a, a full zipper closure. So for when you're traveling in the truck, you're throwing your gear in and out. Uh, you're not going to spill your shell, so you can close those. Or you can obviously use that pocket as additional storage. A lot of people like to carry nice point-and-shoot cameras or some of the smaller Sony series. And being able to have a, a secure place to put that where it's close to your hand if you need to get it out. You want to take a nice picture of your dog. I, I don't want my camera to fall out. So having that zippered pocket on one of those one of those shell pockets is really nice. And then obviously having the access to the shell. And then second stage of that, zipper open. Lid can still lay, lay closed. There's a small hit of Velcro on there. So it's just enough to keep that lid down and over the top of it. But just with a simple, easy light pole. You're able to remove the lid, get into shells, and then obviously the third stage, just wide open, tucking the shell, uh, the lid of the shell pocket down yep. in itself, and then you've got unimpeded access to that. So we kind of just simplified and went to a very classic, I just call it a, a flip-top shell pocket. It's just yep. a simple flap. It fills over the top. You can tuck it down in. Um, a question we often get asked, we don't have bandoliers sewn into any of our shell pockets that's it, it's hit or miss there's most people don't like them some people do want them uh but we just opted not to do that because when you say bandoliers is that the molly webbing on front of the pockets that uh, i for have shell no no it's it's specifically for shell pockets so like the elastic uh oh i got gotcha. yeah. shell holders put the yeah. shells into okay mm -hmm. yeah yep yep so yeah the, the 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 vest that you've got and the shell pockets that you've got on the summit nick like you can use just that Molly webbing as a bandolier. It actually fits a 12 gauge or a 16 oh, gauge yeah. shell Never tried perfectly. It. <laughs> yeah, if it if it's great. Um, we are working on a bandolier that will attach there. There is a reason that there is uh, Molly webbing on the shell pocket. Uh, we just haven't gotten to that part of the laundry list yet. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> cool. And the new flip top shell pockets on the legacy vest, they don't have that stuff on the front. It's just very, nope. very, very simple pouch, yep. shell pouch really. Yep. Yep. Exactly. That that was a that was a big time saver as well. Obviously, when you have zippers, you've got rights and lefts, right? So we've got to be able to make everything in a one to one ratio. Yeah. The legacy shell pocket, we can just blow through them because it's just a it's just a flip top. So nice. And you mentioned it along the way there, but legacy vest is two hundred bucks. It's two hundred and thirty dollars is what the legacy. Okay. Yep, is what okay. the legacy comes in at. Yep. And then talk a little bit about sort of the batch nature of those and like what people should know if they want to get one. Yeah. So, so obviously we don't ever want to cannibalize or jeopardize, you know, efficiencies in a business. We're grateful for the team that we have, but we're super tapped as it is. And so to ensure that we don't put ourselves in a situation that we're getting away from, you know, the efficiencies that we've built into the business, we, we've reduced um, one, the color option. That's one thing I guess I should mention as well, Nick. So the the legacy only comes in the Ranger green and blaze configuration. It's not available in the khaki. It's not available in the multi-camera, anything like that. And so by keeping that as, as basically uh, variable free as possible, we're able to be more efficient when we do run those. And so what our plan to do is, is we're going to run basically smaller batches of them. We'll say, for example, we'll, we'll start 50 in production and if you can go to the website and add it to cart, essentially you're securing your spot in line for that batch. We still obviously need to finish building them. So there is a small lead time, but those vests are already in the works. 
And if it shows sold out, that means that that batch is basically spoken for. And when we will look at our production schedule and then we will set a date um, that we'll let everybody know, we'll, we'll have it on the product page there and let them know when those are available to order again. So it's one of those things you got to strike while the iron's hot. The early bird gets the worm there. We've had an, an, an incredible, I mean, mind-boggling response to it out the gate. It's been two days and it's just been awesome. And I'm, I'm pretty close here in probably the next couple of days. I thought, I thought we were going to have enough for at least a month. And in two days we're about tapped out. So, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll have, we'll have, we've, we already have more in the queue. I'll just be transparent and, and just say that just from the response that we had there That's and cool. uh, looking to hire some more people, obviously to be able to capture some of that demand because, you know, we, I, I understand right now, a lot of people ask, are the lead times due to lack of materials? Is it due to supply chain issues? And there's a lot of people that have been really impacted by that. At the beginning of the year, I haven't paid myself out of Final Rise and I don't plan to for a long time. Like I said, I'm, I'm fortunate to have a great job. Everything goes back into this business. And so we we constantly buy, buy raw materials. Like I said, I mean, I've got pallets of our colored fabric here just at my house and we we just continually stock up on those stuff and part of the design was to make sure that we we were using fabrics and components that were readily accessible from a number of different suppliers so if somebody did end up go going belly up or yeah. someone what what didn't have something in i could pivot and go to somebody else and yeah it changes different costs and whatnot but it, it ultimately doesn't impact the customer and that's really the end goal is to make sure that if somebody wants to get a final rise vest I want you to have a vest and I'll do everything I can to make sure you get one. So we're constantly on that. It's, it takes up a lot of time to make sure that that ball is always rolling as efficiently as possible. But uh, I feel it's, it's critical to the success and being able to get people products. So kind of on that note with supply chain and lead times and stuff, I know on last year, again, demand very much exceeded what you could produce. And so there ended up being this big wait time during hunting yeah. season. Did you ever, did you get caught up on that? Can, can somebody go on the, on the website today and order a summit vest and get it in a week? No, that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. It, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. And yeah. that, that, that's honestly, I'm, I'm still learning so much about this, right? Nick, you know, it's like, I, I looked at it and I'm like, okay, you know, what, what is the seasonality of this business? And, mm -hmm. and you know, when, when are our highs, when are our lows? And you, you try to figure that out, right? Because you want to be able to ramp up prior to that and then be productive in those downtimes when you're able to bring those new products out or make those business decisions to be able to get prepared for those busier times. And it hasn't slowed down. I've just brought more people on. <laughs> we're just, <laughs> we're, we're more efficient, but um, but it, it just, it really honestly hasn't, hasn't slowed down one bit and it's only getting busier. You know, the closer we get to September right. every day, it's just tick, 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 tick. So I'm, uh, I'm fixing to have to make some more changes here probably pretty soon, but we're right now we're, we're right around four weeks, give or take to get a vest out, which is pretty reasonable in my mind. Um, we're, we're shipping weekly, large batches of vests We're we're making sure that we're shipping weekly. And we're, we're always trying to make sure that we're just transparent with what's going on. And again, we, we'd have these lead times to be able to protect the quality of the product. Yeah. We could probably make them faster. Yeah, we could probably make them faster and we could maybe send them out not assembled and reduce the cost and let you guys put them together. You know, all these different things. But we, we want to make sure that 
when you when you when you purchase something from us that it's it's part of an experience that from the very beginning of your initial impression to the product or hearing about it or somebody's experience we hope that that's positive we hope that your engagement with us whether that's through social media or you're talking on the phone or you listen to one of these podcasts hopefully you're just having a good experience the entire way and and hopefully you you find value in the product you believe in the product and i feel like when there's a little bit of a wait it makes it worth it yeah no doubt yeah i i mean i can certainly attest shamelessly the anybody who gets in line and waits for a final rise vest you won't be disappointed i can promise you that <laughs> i uh, Thank you, Nick. i i did, i did laugh well not really laughing but when I know why somebody would say, "What are you going to take that thing up Everest?" Right? Because it it looks totally. like a lot. It looks like a lot of vests. But to that person, I would love to say, "Hold that thing up with two fingers when it's empty, and you won't be thinking that anymore." You know, it's, <laughs> it it looks like a lot more than it is. It's lightweight. Yeah the the summit's just over three pounds, and okay. the the legacy is just over two pounds. It is a feather. It's a yeah. feather, dude. It blew when, my when mind. When you I've said to... that on the when you said that on the video this, that the legacy was two pounds, I, w- I was almost taken aback because I wouldn't have guessed that the summit was much more than that. You know, right? Yeah, I, and and it I, all that obviously as soon as you put it on, it goes away. Right? That's kind of the yeah. magic behind that waist belt and that shoulder harness. But yeah. to your point, so many people have said that same thing. They pick it up and they're like, "Holy crap!" Like we just had uh, the Utah Chucker Foundation just had their banquet a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I was on vacation, but one of my good buddies, Alan, uh, was kind enough to kind of just post up, and we had a little table there, and people were able to check out the vest and different stuff like that, and that was the number one comment. Holy crap, this light. thing is light. But it and and but it's it's you know sometimes light can be associated to you know not durable, but that's yeah. absolutely not the case. It's absolutely not the case. You know, there's a point of diminishing returns, especially in fabrics that the weight of a fabric can outweigh the overall performance. And we're using stuff that's been tried and true and proven in so many different outdoor spaces that we, we, I'll just say that we wouldn't have used the materials we're using if we didn't believe that they were the best. Yeah. Very cool. On the color thing in this really, people can go to the website and they can check it out. You've got the different variation. You, you did add some orange to the shoulder harness that wasn't there last year, right? I did actually. Yes. You caught me in a lie. I did. That's, that's, uh, you know, (laughs) that was your feedback, Nick. That was you, Nick. (laughs) I'm sure I was one of many, but (laughs) (laughs) no, you, 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 you definitely brought that to light. And, you know, as, as we looked at it, that, that totally makes sense. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a big Western hunter, but there's, I understand a little more now, some of the orange requirements of certain states. You know, I had a gentleman from Connecticut, I believe it was earlier this morning. His name was uh, John, and we were talking. So the Summit Vest, as it comes, has 375 cubic inches of visible oh, orange. Cool. The minimum requirement in Washington and Connecticut is 400. So if wow. you add a r- small rear pocket to that, which is great organization, but it's also adding visibility, that's putting you over the 400 mark. And so that makes that vest legal in any state um and and adding the orange to the front of that shoulder harness was a big part of that that we we needed that to be able to hit that mark because the last thing i want to do is is not be able to have someone use our product because i don't have enough orange on it right yeah yeah and that's not always easy to do on on a strap vest and you know folks can wear you can wear an orange shirt and everything but i know that just from hunting out west and stuff i mean it's Orange is, orange is a lot different in the grouse woods than, than it is out, 
out there. Like it's just yep. not as necessary. I mean, it's never a bad thing. Don't get me wrong, but um, right. Well, you're, you're still alive. You haven't been shot. So good job. <laughs> well, actually, I, I have been shot once. I don't know if I ever told this story on the podcast once. I took a what? straight pellet to, to my eyebrow one time. Yeah. Dang. Uh, it was uh, it was a, a series of uh, – maybe I'll tell the story some other time, but it was uh, a series of odd coincidences that involved me and my college buddy – well, I guess I'm basically telling the story. <laughs> we, uh, you you got to tell it. You're halfway there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're going hunting. We're in college, and we don't have dogs. So this is old school partridge hunting, as I sometimes jokingly like to call it on here. But we had this trail. We called it the loop. As you can imagine, there was a big loop, Matt. It, uh, that's why we called it the loop. And, oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so we park, and we get to the fork in the road. Not something we would normally do, but this day we decided, hey, let's split up. I don't know if we were trying to get to the next spot or what, but we decided to split up. We're going to both walk this trail separately and meet by this big wood pile, which is in the back. And so Nick goes one way. My other buddy goes the other way. I won't name him. I don't, I don't know if he would. He, he might feel bad. So <laughs> I, I, won't name, I won't name names on the show, but um, it was truly an accident. We go... I go around and I just happen to get to the spot before my buddy does. So first thing that probably shouldn't have happened in, in 2020 hindsight, I sit down. I sit down on this little bank by the wood pile and I'm just sitting there waiting for my friend. Well, the next thing that happened was I heard uh, lead rain coming through the foliage and I felt something tapped me in the eyebrow and then I heard the bang. It was like a, you know, I, I could hear the pellets yep, and I hear the, the bang. Delay. Yep. And then, and I felt that pellet right away hit me in the left eyebrow. And then another shot came, more BBs came. They were hitting me <laughs> in the pants and stuff. I fell, I laid back on the ground and I screamed out my friend's name. And then the woods were silent for like 10, 15 seconds until I like mustered up the courage to step up and I, got up, stepped on the trail and looked down the trail at my friend. And he had a look on his face. Like he had just killed me. Cause he, yeah. Had, oh, yeah. he had no idea. It. He was scared. And I look at him and he looks at me and he's like, dude, there was a gross, <laughs> there was a gross <laughs> right, right in between us. And sure enough, there he was, he, he had a grouse on the ground and I walked up to him. I'm like, is there blood pouring down my face? Like what happened? He's like, no, just a little trickle, just a little trickle. And he's looking at my eyebrow and I'm like, I think I got a pellet in there. And Long story short, we uh, we finished up hunting for the day. All was fine, but I did end up going down to the doctor, and there was a big deal there where I was telling them that I had a BB in my eyebrow, and this the physician's assistant, she like I think she was I said the word BB, and so she was expecting to feel this big BB, you know, like a size of a BB in yeah, there. Yeah. And she couldn't feel it, and she's like, I don't think there's anything in there. And she's ha- having my mom look at my eyebrow and say, you know, there's the way this tissue is, like, I don't think anything's in there, but let's take an x ray. And sure enough, there was a number seven and a half pellet tucked right in there, <laughs> right above, right above my eye. I wasn't wearing shooting glasses, so there's another lesson for everybody. Uh, yeah. I didn't used to wear eye protection. I do now, um, but I they I like walked over to the plastic surgeon's office, and he was about to leave for the day, but he uh, he had enough time to cut open my eyebrow and take the pellet out. <laughs> That is wild, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a good how one far, for you. How far was he when he was shooting? 
I mean, it probably was, you know, maybe 30 yards, 30, oh, 40 wow. yards or so. Yeah. I mean, Close. it was, yeah, yeah, it was, it was. And, and I guess, I mean, pellets did hit my pants, but they weren't going through my pants, my brush pants. Right. Obviously one hit my eyebrow and like it, you know, it didn't even hurt. Like I said, I just felt like a tap on my eyebrow. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, yeah, like I was, I was, uh, you know, an inch away from, Losing not having a eye. left eye yeah so that's Jeez, a, let that dude. be a lesson to everybody <laughs> wear orange <laughs> yeah wear orange don't sit down don't split up if you don't have to or at least have a little bit better plan and uh yeah try to put yourself in a safe position <laughs> <laughs> oh wow dude i don't even wow. know why we well because we were talking about orange that's why. orange yep, yeah yep that's right <laughs> it's all part of it it makes sense yeah. Well, thank you for putting 375 inches on, on the summit vest. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh, and the legacy itself, um, it's right around 325 is what that okay. comes in at. Okay. Um, we don't, we, we have the orange on the lid. We've got the orange on the back. Oh no, I'm lying to you. Sorry. I just thought of the shoulder harness. No, with the orange piece, I forgot we've got the orange uh, piece on the back there that we added to it. So oh, that puts, uh, yeah. Yep. So where the, the lashes are, I'd have to measure that again, but it's right at close. It's close to 400 inches. Actually. Okay. I'm sorry. I started lying through my teeth. I forgot, forgot we had that. I'm looking at it. I'm like, Oh, Hey, yeah, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I've only hunted so many small game in so many States and you know, normally the small game orange regulations are pretty lax. I haven't heard a lot, a lot of States that have that inch requirement. I hear it a lot for big game or you got to have blaze yeah. orange from the waist up kind of thing. But yeah, no, that's that's good to know, and obviously you got giving people a really good head start with 375 plus inches. So, yep, yep, trying 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 to do our part to keep them safe. <laughs> excellent, excellent. What about new stuff? Is there anything that you're ready to tease or things to talk about that you might be testing this fall or anything like that? I mean, definitely don't have to get into it if you're not ready to. No, no. I mean, I I think it's always always good to tease. I mean, we're we're constantly pushing on stuff uh i told you a little bit about it nick and we'll actually have them here hopefully in the next uh next week or two been working on a really nice shooting glove i'm Mm. big on on nice gloves i like a glove that i can wear you know early season to late season even in you know early season in the chucker hills or whatnot you know being able to there's a lot of lava rock there's a lot of rough rough terrain and being able to keep your hands safe um is big so um I ended up partnering with a company here in the U.S. They're out of Oregon, and they were super, super helpful. And we went back and forth a couple times on a couple different samples. And I'm, I'm very excited about them. Great awesome. dexterity, good fit, touch fingers on the thumbs and the pointer fingers. So cell phone, handhelds, all those That's different helpful. things. Really, yeah. really, really tried to think through again the application of what they are being used. For, right understanding we're upland hunters ourselves right so thinking through that process of how does this product make sense how are people going to use it are they going to use it in a way that this glove isn't accommodating and so we, we tried to troubleshoot all that and again test the product use them i mean I've, I've shot in them i've used them i've sat spent a whole night sitting there texting on my phone making sure that the, the you know the thumbs and the pointer oh, yeah. fingers work nice. and you know all, all that stuff i've hauled hay in them my wife's got barrel horses so i unfortunately haul hay more than i would like to uh but just a great all-around super durable glove um goat goat skin palm so good dexterity good grip on good good grip on the gun uh deer skin top 
and then obviously uh, a, a lower, more minimal wrist um, so that it's compatible if, if anybody's wearing a watch or yeah. any of the Garmin watches. Um, I hate when I have to try to lift up the strap on my wrist to be able to look at my watch. You know, that's always been a pet peeve of mine. So, again, just thinking through what you guys are using, how you're going to use them, and trying to make make a glove that once you're in the field and you put it on, you don't have to take it off. What is the function, reason, or purpose of the deerskin on the back? The deerskin itself, is it's, it's one, it's soft. It's it's a little bit thicker as well, and okay. it it just it just holds the like all all goat skin just felt a little too thin, um, okay. and so thinking from from a seasonality perspective of making a glove that works well in warm weather but can carry you into those active late October late November hunts even into December we hunt chuckers all the way through February. And so having a, having a good, comfortable leather glove, I've got some synthetic gloves and other different things that I've used, but I, I just strongly prefer that leather. So again, it, it's, it's more of a durability perspective, not that goat skin isn't uh, durable yeah. in any means, but it is going to provide a little more dexterity. It's going to feel like, you know, when you're, when you're gripping the gun, you can feel the gun, you can feel the trigger, which is super important. I'm so big on that. I mean, yep. it's, yeah, it's just paramount to make sure you're not making the gun go bang when it's not supposed to. So that's a big Anyways. deal. I, I know I've been wearing goatskin gloves pretty much for the last five or six years. I think once, once I started wearing, and that was another thing I didn't wear shooting glasses in the grouse woods or gloves, mm-hmm. but we also, when we didn't have bird dogs, we didn't do as much brush busting per se as we do now, yeah. but that's a big deal. Like when you just need to push through the cover, um, just even a, just a thin goatskin glove, like for me, it just, it's like I just don't have so many things grabbing the back of my hands and scraping down them. I mean, it's a it's a big deal. So I, actually, I could see the benefit there of having having deerskin on the back, just a little bit thicker protection on the back of the hand because that's usually what you're leading with. But yeah. having goatskin on on the trigger finger and that kind of stuff, that's it's been my favorite thing that I've used, and I I haven't tried them all, but that's right. I like goatskin gloves a lot. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. So we we we're super excited about them. Ho- hopefully. Uh, we're being told early, early August. So uh, once we right get them up. in here, um, we'll get product images up and everything like that. Get those rocking and rolling, and hopefully everyone's able to enjoy them this year. So that is so early August is yeah. That's that's you being supplied and folks being able to go buy them. Yep, yep. That's that's awesome. that was the goal. So the the first or second week of August is uh, when those are due to be delivered. So super excited. Excellent. Yep. Well, the one thing my goatskin gloves don't have is touch sensor. So you got my attention there because I end up, <laughs> I take them, I'm taking them off a lot to look at my Onyx and do stuff on yep. there. <laughs> yeah. And that, that that's totally right, man. I mean, that's one of the things you think through, right? It's what I said. I, I hate having to take my glove off, right? Especially like a good fitting glove, a good glove with yes. good dexterity. It's got to be a little bit tighter, right? Like that's it's just got the a little sweat on it, you know, got yep. a little sweat on it. Right. And so it's like you when you have to take them off and you're sitting there and you got your shotgun tucked under your elbow and you're trying to rip them off and it's just annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Put them on, leave them on, do everything you need Perfect. to do. Yep. Well, that's exciting. And you did mention four weeks for the vest, which I was going to mention earlier. Mm-hmm. It's almost August, four weeks, September. I mean, we might as well start the final countdown just for yeah. folks to know that be a, be a good time. If you're in the market for a new vest, now would be a good time to, get on that horse because season's coming quick yep and we'll we'll do everything we can to get them out but we just always remind people just 
we're making a good product. Be patient with us. It's it's worth it. Sometimes it's not there by opening day, but you got the whole season. So one last question on the vest, and this is, mm-hmm. I think you do you sell a water bladder on the website? I do. Yep, I do. Okay, I was going to ask you like, what is a good? I haven't bought a water bladder in 10 years. I mean, for an old backpack that I had and something I really was thinking about just as far as like the dryness this year and drought conditions. And I'll ask you about that too. But if I'm thinking about carrying more water, obviously the one that you have on the website will work well with the vest. Is there anything folks should consider? Like if you're looking for a water bladder, what works well with the vest? Yeah. So anything that has a hard clip surface at the top, we use a very, very simple clip. Uh, that's very minimal, just at the t- at the top of the mesh panel, and so you have to have a hard surface for that to connect into. There's some bladders that you basically roll it closed, and then there's like a Ziploc sleeve that you slide over the top, and it'll have a little, gall. Oh, it's like a heavy rubber monofilament type piece or whatever that that is going to sag. Um, so any any a, a platypus. God, there's so many different bladders out there, but yeah. anything that's got a hard clip surface, I mean, you could you could hop on Amazon and there's 10,000 of them out there. Okay, cool. On that dryness and drought related, I mean, that conversation is picking up. I, I have some, oh, yeah. some conversations lined up with people in Montana and out West a little bit because I really want to get a little bit more in tune with it. I mean, I'm hearing things, but I haven't done a deep dive on it yet. What's the conversation like, if any, out where you're at in Utah? Yeah, it's it's the driest that I can remember, Nick. I mean, yeah. uh, I obviously live on a farm here. We farm and do different things like that, and it's it's been a tough year. You know, if you didn't own water rights or or, or have green belt, you know, it, it, it was it was tough for people to get water. A lot of people only got a first crop on stuff, and so obviously that's there's if that's happening here in our homes. I mean, the lack of water in certain places, especially in the desert, you know, it's I think it's going to be a tough year. I haven't had the opportunity to go out and scout, but I'll, I'll tell you what, Nick, I have this conversation with every person that calls in, every person that right. we talk to. They're, what's it like out there? You know, what's going on? And it's just it's just flat out dry. So it'll be one of those years that, you know, maybe a little more dog work than shooting, but it'll it'll yeah. be fun to get out. It's, it's We're starting to get weather now. I mean, it's rained the past couple of days here, but, you know, as far as hatches goes and different things like that, the damage is done. You know, it's kind of day late, dollar short type thing. I mean, for everything that that, that was able to make it, it's good. Um, but as far as bird numbers and what we're going to see this year, last year was horrible. I mean, it wasn't horrible. It's just been slower than historically. But sure, um, it'll 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 be interesting. You know, it, it'll be fun when we find the birds. But it may be uh, maybe a little more walking than shooting this year. Yeah, and I've heard similar things. I have sort of on a positive note heard even the people that I talked to, a couple of people in Montana that were suggesting, you know, birds seem to be doing okay right now, but I know there's a, this big snowball effect where, you know, they're opening up like haying and grazing and all kinds of stuff. So yep. like you run the risk Spraying of going out there. different and, things, yep. Yeah, yep. And, you know, not finding cover to hunt. So obviously who knows time will tell like where you're at i'm actually feeling it was it was dry here we didn't need the rain as much as they do out west but i don't ever recall going weeks and weeks and weeks like without having any rain and we have had a couple nice douses of rain across really minnesota wisconsin grouse country mm-hmm. like two two times in the last week so i think that'll help that the water's getting sucked up really fast like we're definitely 
it's dry out there, which is not news to anybody. But no, it'll it'll like you said, it'll be interesting. I think some places will do do better than others, but uh, mm-hmm. you know, bird, birds are tough. This isn't the first time they've been in nature. You know, <laughs> this has been going right. on for yeah as long as we've been on Earth. So they'll uh, they'll find a way to survive. And is but there you, you're definitely right from a, an agricultural impact. You know, it's that it's definitely all about yield. And those guys are, they're, they're scratching right now. The economy's not, uh, we're not going to dive into any of that stuff, but <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's a little bit tougher. So people are trying to make do with what they have. And there's definitely that snowball effect that you, that you talked about. So it'll be interesting. Don't, we don't have any control over it. Just uh, be good stewards of the land, be good sportsmen and take care of the birds, do your part. Yeah. Well, that's uh, as good a note as any to end it on man so i want to thank you again for joining us on the show a year later and uh, i'm sure we'll have you back on again maybe next year and we'll talk about what's going on more in the stuff. Final rise world yeah a whole <laughs> bunch more stuff i'm proud of you what you've done in a year man i can't wait to see what you've done in another year i appreciate it nick appreciate your support thanks so much for having me back man and uh thanks to the listeners for checking us out if you do so finalrise.com finalrise.com finalrise on instagram finalrise podcast all things final rise That's Matt Davis, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks for tuning in to the Project Upland Podcast. That does it for this episode of the show. A quick reminder that the Project Upland Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, Yukonuba Sporting Dog, CZ USA, Garmin, Sage and Breaker, and Dakota 283. If you enjoy the show please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe or follow the show in your podcast app thanks again for listening everybody we'll catch you on the next episode of the project upland podcast This is Nick from the Gundog It Yourself podcast. If you enjoyed this show, then you might want to check out my show as well. We highlight and break down the ins and outs of training your own hunting dog. Whether it's a bird dog or even the occasional hound dog episode, we cover all topics related to hunting dogs. Check out Gundog It Yourself on any podcast streaming platform and hit the subscribe button to be sure not to miss any future episodes.